Good morning, guys. We're just waiting for the kids to go to the kids' church. I must tell some jokes while we're waiting for them. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, it's so nice this morning just to be able to get a chance again to, to share what I believe the Lord has placed on my heart and, um, and asked me to share with this congregation. I must be honest with you, this week was a week of chaos. I went to Beaufort West. Is that the English pronunciation, pronunciation of Beaufort West? Okay. Um, for work. And it was very hot. Like this hot year is not hot. This is lacquer. Um, you couldn't sleep in the evenings. It was an old house. Everything was creaking. The bed was like, if you just turn around, you know about it. Um, the kids, not their environment, so they also didn't sleep that well. Although we can't really complain, actually. But it was just difficult, and, and things were not like... Uh, and, um, but nonetheless, I am here, and I'm ready. I spent some time yesterday morning, this morning as well, and just um, Luke prayed about it now, just the expectancy. Um, not the kind of expectancy that Corlea has, but um, just being expectant that the Lord do something, even, even through this word. Um, so, <coughs> so, last week, Roland spoke about the battles and how we ought to fight our battles. And we opened the worship session this morning also with um, the battle belongs to Jesus. And it is actually His battle. And I must confess, and some of you guys know about it, a while ago when I was still a community leader, probably June last year, um, I actually got that thing mixed up. I fought the battle, and I used Jesus as a tool <laughs> instead of Jesus fighting the battle and using me as a tool. And um, with everything, I was reminded this morning again, um, the war that's happening now in the Ukraine, and um, we spoke about maybe what is the possibilities of something happening here, and I was reminded that our battle is not against flesh and blood. That is Matthew 11, verse 30. Uh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. It's Ephesians, sorry, Yammer. It's Ephesians 6, verse 12. I haven't given you that scripture, Yammer. Um, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. So the possibility of a war breaking out, and if you guys maybe... Um, don't know what to pray for. Like, do I pray for the war to stop? Do I pray for, what do I pray for? And which side I am? Can I just suggest, pray for the Christians. Pray for the church. The church will be persecuted in this time. And so, and we know, we, luckily we know that we serve a mighty God. And, and wherever there has been persecution in history, the church has flourished. So, pray for the church. But anyway, so, with last week, Roland mentioned five tools or weapons that we actually do have in our arsenal. And that is the name of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, the word of, of our testimony, the Holy Spirit, and by praising His name. And for the last one, I can definitely testify, and I've shared it with a couple of guys. There's been like a, this recent time, I don't know why, I don't know, I don't know the reason for it, but it's just sometimes that I wake up with like a heaviness on me, like a, oh, I'm not listed for today, I just want to stay in bed. 
And then I get up and I praise the name of the Lord and I can really feel how that thing lifts off me. And I, I'm not sure it's not a, a magical thing or supernatural or probably is a supernatural thing, but I think it is just a thing of, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I can't do anything in this in my, out of my own strength. So, Lord, you can do it. So I'm just going to have faith and praise you. And I think it is really that. This morning I want to go further and I want to ask this question. If it is true that the fight is not ours, why do we sometimes feel exhausted? Why do we sometimes feel that we can't go any further? Why do we sometimes feel battered and bruised? And let's be honest with each other. <laughs> we feel like that sometimes. We, I feel like that a lot. And now you can put on that scripture. If Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why do we sometimes get to the end of our road and we say, Lord, I can't, I can't anymore. And listen, I'm not speaking about taking a break every now and then or going on leave. Please, the Lord created a rest day. And I actually think some of us are convicted in this area, and I'm speaking to myself. The Lord created a day for rest. We don't really rest on Sundays, most of us. We come to church, we spend five, six hours here. That's a work day. So um, actually the challenge is to, to rest more often. But I'm not speaking of like just feeling like I need a break or, or I need to go away for a weekend or I just need a weekend binge-watching series. There's time for that. I'm speaking of when you really feel like you just can't anymore and you're at the point where you just want to pack up your things and leave. And see, when God said, he made a promise, promise in, his word, in His Word. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's a promise. But as soon as that burden becomes heavy and the, the yoke becomes heavy, we're actually not carrying it the way that God intended us to carry it. We can even think we are doing good. We can even be here at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning, serve on band, do the sound, pack out the chairs, do security service, be in kids ministry, do whatever, thinking that we are doing good, but actually not, because we are not doing it in, a, in, the, in the correct way. So a nice measuring stick is to always ask yourself the question, is this thing burning me out? And sometimes it may be, oh, just take a couple of Sundays off, but sometimes we must actually go and sit and say, why is this thing burdening you? Why do you feel like that? Maybe you are carrying it wrong. By the show of hands, who has ever felt that way? A lot of us, all right? So in raising my hand, this is definitely not a message of, this is, <laughs> I'm very guilty in this as well, all right? It's not just our ministry. Maybe it can be our secular work, like going to work can be a burden. Being a husband or a wife can make us feel that way. Being a, a parent or maybe persevering through tough times. And again, I'm not saying that life should be a breeze. <laughs> Listen, I have a two-year-old. Getting her dressed for school is very often a burden. And something that I would like to pay someone to do. But it's not a thing of, I want to leave the house now. <laughs> Sometimes I tell my wife, yes, I need a break. Like, can you do it this morning? And other times, then I do it and she lays in 
but it's not a thing of, like, there's still a measure of joy in it. But I'm speaking of when there's no joy left at all. And I can go and I can give you now a seven list, a list of seven things on what you can do. You must change this, you must change that, you must change that. And we can do it, and there's a measure of truth in that. But I want to go to the core of what I think the problem is, and in my life, what the problem has been. And this is the title of my message as well. The title is, Whose Slave Are You? Now, the word slave is a bad word, eh? It's not a good word. It's not a good connotation on the word slave. Slavery is abolished for absolutely the right reasons. Slavery is not good. The, the word slave is so offensive to some that even biblical translators has substituted the word slave for servant. But I'm not sure about you, but a servant in my house gets paid, first of all, can use all my cutlery and crockery and sit on my couch. But a slave is someone that is the property of another. It is you are forced to obey. You are under complete authority. You have absolutely no rights. The word slave in Greek is doulos. And that word, unfortunately, is still in the Bible. You can substitute it with servant, but it's still, the meaning is still doulos. The meaning is still completely under the authority of someone else. So now you can say, no, but you, Andre, you are not a slave. You're a free person. You don't have to settle. You're better than that. You, can, you, you are free. I usually make a joke and I say, I don't feel like a free person because I work and then I get a salary and more than half of it goes towards my mortgage bond and the rest of it goes to my car that I repay every month and then I put a little bit of food on the table and the rest I give to my children. Sounds a lot like slavery to me, hey? <laughs> but I'm, I'm joking when I say that and it really isn't a, I'm really not that negative but there is a little bit of truth in it, if we think about it. And we can easily, very easily, become slaves of our workplace, of our ambition, of money, of success, of a certain position that we want. Um, we think maybe if I can only get to that level, I can have a little bit more freedom. I can shop at Woolies. I can bry once a week. <laughs> All right? I can buy myself a caravan and then I can go away more often and then, uh, yes, and then I can, um, I heard a preacher um, once said, he, he has a boat. But the reason why he has a boat is because it forces his family to be together for a certain time. So you can try and qualify your luxurious life, um, but it's a, it's a hard thing. We can even make ourselves slaves of our children, of our spouses, of a certain charity that we support, or even our ministry, we can easily become a slave of our ministry. This weekend or this week, I went away um, to a group of, uh, it's a, a woman that, that starts like a network of schools in the Karua, um, where you don't have a lot of options. So I told Anita, Yo, I'm so intrigued by this. I really want to be part of this. I want to help her. I want to support her. But I must watch out because that thing can easily become my slave. That is not what I'm called to, and it can easily become my slave. 
So the question that I want to ask you this morning is, for who are you doing what you are doing? Does that thing own you? Can I break something to you that may become a shock, become as a shock to you? There's no such thing as a free person. All of you, and I'm including myself, we are slaves. We are either slaves of God or we are slaves of something else. And if that something else is not God, then it's sin. So we are either slaves of God or we are either slaves of sin. Whose slave are you? Now, I don't mean you should quit your job, by all means. Please, don't quit your job, buy yourself a caravan, go off the grid and say, I'm not a slave anymore, and you sing that song, I'm no longer a slave. You don't, I must stop, you must, you'll force me to join the band, eh? Um, so I'm not saying, that, yeah, that's slavery, yeah. Um, so I'm not saying quit your job. Listen, yeah, it's biblical to have a job. It's biblical to work hard, to earn money, to provide for, your, for yourself and, and, and for your food, uh, food for your family. Um, but why are you doing it? Are you doing it just for that? Are you doing it to reach a certain level? Or are you doing it to honor God? And I've once, once watched a, um, there's a flyer. I've showered this morning, I promise. Um, a, a conference, the conference name was Work as Worship. And I couldn't understand it. How can our work be worship? And then I realized, like, just going to work, being faithful, working hard, um, that is worship unto, unto the Lord. It is, thank you, Lord, that you've given me means to provide. And I'm going to, the, going to do it to the best of my ability. So I'm not, I'm not saying quit your job, but why are you doing it? I've been in a, end of last year, I've been in a situation where I could easily see myself getting a lot of money and reaching that position in the new job that I'm working for if I just play my cart right. I used to joke, I say, I actually play survivor because I only need to make the right allies and then I can get the lacquer projects and then I can be, then the, the bosses will see me and then hopefully they will. And then the Lord, luckily for me, the Lord came and he convicted me because I allowed that thing actually to get authority over me. I find myself thinking more of how can I do this? How can I strategize in, in, in doing that? And I'm very, I, I know that my calling is not this job that I'm doing. I know it. But, yeah, I've, I've went back to that. And luckily, I've, I've repented. Um, and, yeah, the Lord has taught me a financial lesson in that as well. So the thing is, we are created incomplete. The Lord has not created us complete. And this may like, oh, what are you saying? Does the Lord make mistakes? No. The Lord on purpose made you incomplete. He made you with a piece missing. And that piece that is missing is actually Him. So we will always go through this life longing something, being unsatisfied, being not complete, having this feeling of, I want more. I want more money. I want more success. How can it be like the, the rich guys that has everything? Why do they still do corruption or go to wars to get more? Like why? Because what they have doesn't satisfy them. 
And the only thing that can satisfy us completely is God, is harmony, perfect harmony with God. He created us incomplete so that He can complete us, so that we can be dependent on Him, so that we can always need Him. Hebrews 11 verse 6, I think. Luke, please check, please check for me. It says, without faith it is impossible to please the Lord. I can't remember where it is in Hebrew somewhere. All right. But we as humans have a tendency to try and fill that hole with everything else. Children, our spouses, our ministries, our work, success in life, anything else. But the, the, the reality is that that thing will only leave you exhausted and worn out, and it will never, ever, ever fulfill you. Isadar, yo. I'm, I'm impressed with myself, yeah. Um, thanks, Gorlia. Um, so that thing will never satisfy us. My question to you this morning is, if you feel like something is getting you under, in this life. Just Can I, can you hear me? All right, that just shows that we are slaves to technology. All right. Can I, can you hear me? Can I continue? So, may I suggest, and this is just me asking a question, I'm not telling you. I sound a little bit like a chipmunk. Okay. Can you, is it better? Can you hear me? Okay, right. Okay, let's focus again. <laughs> All right, so this is just me asking you a question, not telling you what the problem is. But my question is this, if you sometimes feel, if you at this moment feel like I've hit the end of my road, may it be may that you have become a slave of something else. May it be that you have forced or you have Get, uh, you are forced to obey something else and you're actually carrying the, the yoke that's supposed to be easy in a wrong way. We have two masters, like I said. We have sin and we have God as a master. And you can only belong to either one of the two. There's no neutral ground. You can't, like, this is neutral. There's God there's sin. I'm not there, but I'm not there either. You're either under the kingdom or the domain of God, or you are under the domain of sin. And Jesus actually said that being under the domain of sin is so severe. Galatians 3, uh, Galatians 1 verse 3 to 4, 
It's just the, the next one before I do the, the one that I would have done. Says, uh, Paul says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for your sins to deliver us. Sorry, gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. So God actually said that you belonging to the kingdom of, the, of, of sin, to the dominion of sin, is so severe. And the end of that is destruction. And I must deliver you. That word deliver you is actually has the same connotation or meaning as snatching you from the fire, rescuing you. And then Galatians 4 verse 4 to 5 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. See, Jesus has rescued and redeemed you. In other words, you belonged to, this, to the dominion. You were a slave of sin. And Jesus went at a very expensive cost, and He bought you from Satan. What was the cost? His own blood, His own life, that He willingly put on a cross to die. And I shared last week, not a glamorous death, not a lethal injection, just look like you're going to sleep. It's actually, hang, he was hung on a tree, being left there to rot, so that the animals can eat him. But we know that, that he, on the third day, he was raised again. And he did it so that we can now belong to his kingdom, to his dominion. He is our master. We are his property. He owns us. He has complete authority over us. But does God treat us like slaves? Does he treat us like slaves? No. Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. I'm going to read you some of what I just read again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, under the law, to redeem us, uh, those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent His Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. See, our posture should be, Lord, whatever you say, Whatever you, wherever you want me to go, I'll do whatever you want me. I am completely under your authority. And then God's response will be, thank you, my son or my daughter. I honor your posture. And he'll give your, his hand to you and pick you up. And he says, but you are my son. You are welcome in my house. You can sit on my couch. You can put your feet on the couch. Do you know, interesting fact that I realized in the week was that Jesus was also a slave. Jesus was also a slave. We, we usually paint the picture of Jesus being this glamorous celebrity, but Jesus was also a slave. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8 says, have this, in, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself taking the form of a doulos is the actual word, not servant, taking the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself, becoming 
obedient, completely obedient until the point of death, even death on a cross. Somewhere else in the New Testament or in the Gospels, Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father do. So we, we, we see that Jesus was also a slave. Jesus also acted in complete authority under the Father. Can I ask the worship team to, Vaughn, I'm not sure if I'm stretching things now, but can I ask the worship team to come back, please? So just something about my life, and then we'll go into a time of worship. Every now and then, I think, and I can reconsider my life, I'm turning 29 almost. I'm almost 30. I'm almost a grown-up. Not yet, but almost. So when I think of this 29 years on earth, and I consider the 20-odd years where I used to be a slave of something else, a slave of sin, and I try and compare the two, like for 20 years I was a slave of sin, for nine years, oddly, I'm a slave of God. There's actually nothing to compare. I tried my utmost best to serve my previous master as best as I could. I used drugs. I misused alcohol. I got addicted to stuff like cigarettes and other sexual sins. It brought me this close of cheating on Anita who was my fiancé. Were you my fiancé or just girlfriend back then? Girlfriend. I haven't, but it brought me this close. I, I obeyed that master so much as I could. But what was my reward for that? I got in an accident. So I tried my best to worship and obey this master, but it actually tried to kill me when I was 19 years old in a car accident doing all the things that he wanted me to do, just in the, in the name of trying to fit in, trying to be cool, that it almost killed me, literally. And then Jesus came and he first of all rescued me out of what was bound for, I was bound for jail or something. And he redeemed me, he bought me, he said, you are now mine, you belong to me. But then, he adopted me as well, and I'm a son in his house. And very often, I think of that, and I consider what my life would have been. And that just leads me to worship. And that's what we're going to do now. So you can stand, and just, I want to ask you, just think. Reconsider your life. Thinking of where you, sh where you would have been. Maybe what you came out of. And let that stir up some worship in you. Jesus died for you so that you don't have any longer to obey a terrible, terrible master. He died for you so that you don't have to be led to destruction. He died for you so that you can even in this life experience a measure of what it is to be complete and to be completely complete, fully satisfied. I want to ask you this morning, and I, I don't want to pass this opportunity, but all eyes are closed now. It's only me looking around.
Are you still a slave of this world? Or are you a slave of God? If you're a slave of this world, I promise you, your end is destruction. If you're a slave to God, He will treat you like a son. Now, you may ask me, but like, how? How do I make that decision? Bible says, repent and be baptized. Repent means leaving behind, asking for forgiveness, saying, Lord, I want to be your slave. And be baptized means be submersed fully into what your new master wants you to do. Is there any one of you that wants to make that decision this morning? Anyone here that realized, but I'm, I'm the master I'm serving is a terrible master. Anyone that wants to make that decision this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's the best decision that you can make. And then I want to speak to a, a different group here. If you have realized that you are actually, you do belong to a new master, but you still have that tendency in you to go and serve your old master. It doesn't mean you don't belong to, to God anymore, but we, by default and by habit, have a tendency to go back. Because we've done it for so long, it's engraved in us. If you have gone back and, and you realize right now the Holy Spirit convicts you that you are actually serving the old master again, won't you be bold and raise your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I just, just raise your hand and say, Lord, I know that I have. Thank you. Thank you. And you give another opportunity if you've realized that you just maybe accidentally, just out of habit, went back and served your old master. All right, going to give you one, le one last chance. So you can just gather around those people and I'm just going to pray for them. Father, we first of all want to thank you that you've bought us with a very, very expensive and costly price, which is your blood that you willingly poured out for us so that we no longer have to worship and to obey this terrible master that leads us to destruction.
thank you, Father, that you've made a way. And Father, we are so sorry. And I want you guys that is being ministered to, to actually say it now. Say, I'm so sorry for serving this old master of mine. And know that you are forgiven. The Lord will take you back. If you are, if you repent about it and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. He will take you back. The worship team is going to continue worshiping up front over here. And if you still want to be a part of this experience, come to the front and join us up front over here. Um, and for those that, 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 that want to go and get some coffee now and just fellowship a bit, you are free to do that as well, i.e. this is the end of the meeting. But if you still want to be a part of what is happening in front and you still want to be part of ministry, please don't hesitate to continue joining us here. Um, and also, if you feel like you, you gave your life to the Lord, you said the sinner's prayer and you're following Jesus, but you find that those, those unhealthy habits keep creeping up and you're battling to break those things on your life, don't you also want to come to the front so we can pray with you as well?